Here we go. Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the cats. This edition of the show, we are going to be joined by John Hale of the Courier Journal, basketball and football beat writer. We're down in. John, are we in Hoover or Birmingham? I don't know. I think we are technically in Hoover. Okay, that's good to know. Um, because I always get confused, and I feel like I was going to enter the wrong town and then go to the wrong hotel, it, and everything was going to be ruined. It, it's Hoover, so you got you got to get your your Alabama swoop haircut going from the old Hoover High School. <laughs> oh, days. dude, I used to love that show. Yeah, me and my old roommate. Um, what was well, the Dan Patrick show has a guy they named Two a Days as right, a nickname. Yeah, yeah, and I forget all that was it. One guy was Ross. I remember. And I always, we always used to yell this line at each other, me and my roommate, the crazy coach who was like, who was last chance you coach before last chance you coach. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he said in a locker room speech, he goes, we are literally going to beat the piss out of them. <laughs> beat the piss out of them. And I'm like, would that motivate me in a locker room? I don't know. But anyway, we're here to talk some football. Um, not high school football, college football. Uh, Kentucky, we're recording here on Wednesday night. UK Media Day in Hoover, Alabama will be on Thursday. And we'll be talking to Mark Stoops, Cash Daniel, Logan Stenberg, and Lynn Bowden. Um, also, we'll be voting on the order of finish and SEC all first team and second team. And I'll tell you what, let's just start there, uh, John. We've been bannering this about on some platforms and talking about it on this podcast. You had released your ballot on what you're going to do with the preseason poll. Starting off, where did you have Kentucky and kind of why did you slot them there? Yeah, it was it was a little difficult. Uh, I had them fourth in the East. So I, I think it's safe to say, obviously, Georgia and Florida, number one, number two in the East for pretty much everybody, and probably – uh, South Carolina and Vanderbilt are the bottom two in the East. For me, it's really interesting how we rank Missouri, Kentucky, and Tennessee because Kentucky's handled Missouri the last several years, but Missouri seems to be this team that everyone is projecting to be the kind of dark horse. You got Kelly Bryant. It's hard for me to imagine a scenario where you lose maybe the best quarterback in program history and Drew Locke and get better. But people who know far more about Missouri's roster than I do are pretty confident that they're going to be very good this year. It's interesting, though, with this probation and the bowl ban looming over them. Obviously, they're going through their appeal process. Maybe that gets overturned in the next month or so, and and they do have postseason play on the line. But if they don't, then you can go one of two ways where maybe you put more emphasis on the regular season because that's all they got to play for, so they want to win every game. Or you can lose some motivation and, and say and, and maybe they fall apart a bit. I, I don't really know at all what to think of Missouri, but because they have this talent, they, they seem to, to be moving in, in the right direction irrespective of that bowl ban. I had them ahead of Kentucky and Tennessee behind, which is a difficult pick in its own way because obviously Kentucky I think has more talent than Tennessee. I think they're a better program than Tennessee right now as Jeremy Pruitt tries to get that going. They were obviously a better team last year, but they got embarrassed at Knoxville. We know how rare it is for Kentucky to beat Tennessee over the last you know 30-plus years, so picking them ahead of the Vols is, is no small thing. 
Uh, but for me, it just came down to a, a, I wasn't comfortable picking Kentucky over all of those teams. Yeah, given you. everything they lost, uh, it was just a matter of which one I was going to put them behind, and then I came up with Missouri. Yeah, I, I guess I I don't know. Maybe I'm undervaluing Missouri, and I understand completely where you're coming from. But the I guess you're not picture and best case scenario for them but a good case scenario yeah. and that's fair because that's what we're you know that's what you got to figure out with all these teams i mean you know best case scenario for kentucky aj rose they don't miss a beat with benny boogie watson and the d-line kind of steps up and replaces the production so you're it's all i guess to a certain extent because everybody has lost stuff on right. all these teams yeah i mean best case scenario for kentucky they could finish second again i mean i don't think there's any realistic chance they could beat georgia but i mean they beat florida a year ago mm-hmm. uh, obviously florida got a lot better after they played kentucky but uh, if everything clicked and terry wilson you know makes a huge jump and looks like a really good quarterback and they have receivers emerge and those junior college cornerbacks are, you know, competent. Uh, they get some pass rush. If Xavier Peters gets, you know, declared eligible yeah. to play right away and, and you don't have to worry as much about replacing Josh Allen, there's a scenario where absolutely they could win eight or nine games and compete for second in the East again. Um, that doesn't happen very often for Kentucky football, so I think if you're just going with the numbers, you would expect it to be somewhere in the six or seven win range, and that's going to be, you know, probably middle of the pack in, in the East. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I'm, I'm also intrigued that you're so low on South Carolina when it seems like, and I don't know necessarily that other people are high on them, but yeah. maybe a little bit higher than because you dropped them right to the bottom. You're just like, get to the bottom, Will Muschamp. I, I just don't have any any <laughs> faith in that program at all, and maybe it's because I watch so much Kentucky football. And I've just seen them lose to Kentucky five years in a row. And in my mind, when you lose to Kentucky five years in a row, that's where you deserve to be uh, in your projection. It does seem a little bit – obviously, we just got to Hoover, so I haven't been here all week. But just, you know, from following it on Twitter, the last couple years, South Carolina was that team that – you came to SEC Media Days and everybody was like, that's the dark horse. That's the team that's going to surprise. And they just didn't. I think Missouri has taken over that spot this year. Um, Kentucky fans will argue that it should have been Kentucky the last two years. It should be Kentucky this year, and they probably have a decent point there. Uh, For me, if we're talking about this whole respect factor, which I'm sure we'll hear a ton about tomorrow, I don't think it's an insult to Kentucky at all to say you're going to take a step back from, you know, arguably the most successful season in 40 years in program history because you lost 15 key contributors, the all-time leading rusher, the best defensive player in program history your entire starting secondary you know, three draft picks and two other guys who signed uh, pro contracts whatever to say you're going to take a step back and maybe only win seven games this year which has still only happened like eight or nine times in program history that's not an insult but the, the part that I understand the frustration in the building over there at the Joe Craftson or whatever is the questions about why these other programs in the East get the benefit of the doubt in these conversations yeah. that Kentucky doesn't. And I think if you're Mark Stoops and that program more than anybody else, you cannot rank South Carolina ahead of Kentucky until they beat Kentucky in a game yeah. and in the street. Mark Stoops knows nothing else. He knows how to beat Will, Will Muschamp, and he has proven that over and over again. And if you lose to Kentucky, you assume South Carolina is going to lose to Georgia and lose to Florida and probably one of Tennessee – or Missouri, well, that puts you at the bottom of the league. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I think that that I can get on board with that line of thought process because you know South Carolina lost the, lost some dudes too as well. 
uh, Debo Samuel, of course, yeah. is the star of stars that they depended on a ton. And that, right. I guess, to be honest, that's probably why they they fell off some of the last couple seasons because he had injuries, and yeah, that was exactly. a key component yeah. of, of their offense. But um, we'll find out what that – the voting is tomorrow on Thursday, and then that's released on Friday. Right. Um, so we'll find out uh, more about that in a bit. And then speaking of the disrespect, I want to get into something – that has been all over social media today. It's ESPN did a new did their football predictive in, index, and Kentucky didn't fare too well according to ESPN's computer models. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But before that, I do want to tell you guys about Twillery. If you go to Twillery.com/slash/lockedon, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and use the promo code LockedOn, you're going to get twenty five dollars off your order. Twillery is built on a century-old family manufacturing business. They still make millions of shirts a year for leading brands, and they leverage those contacts and their team's technical know-how to keep costs down while maintaining high standards in quality and craftsmanship. They offer free shipping and returns. So go to twillery.com slash locked on. That's T-W-I-L-L-O-R-Y dot com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N get $25 off your order at Twillery. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So the football predictive index is, do you know, okay, I should probably start this, and I should have looked it up more, but I feel like I say this every year, and I try to go down this rabbit hole, and there isn't a ton of information on what exactly the model is. It's a computer model that ESPN does, and they use it to, as they would say, football predictive index. They predict the games. Do you know anything about what it is in in the sense? Because I, I feel like I looked it up, and there's not a ton, a ton of info in it. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's This is the same computer model that all last year was like Picked not ranking Kentucky. Kentucky in the top 25 at any point, right? So, I mean, clearly there's something about Kentucky's metrics that this – specific computer ranking does not like which is kind of strange because the you know the playoff committee was very high on kentucky for most of the year last year um i'm pulling it up now and it's uh it's fpi is a measure of team strength that is meant to be the best predictor of a team's performance going forward for the rest of the season so it's less of a measure of what they've done and more projecting what they're going to do, which is, I think, what the argument for why they were low on Kentucky last season. They just didn't buy into what Kentucky was doing, which maybe you can understand with some of their offensive stats, uh, how bad the passing game at times um, represents how many points above or below average a team is. Projected results are based on 10,000 simulations of the there rest of the season using the FBI results to date and the remaining schedule. So uh, that didn't that's give me a bunch any, of nothing. Yeah, that didn't yeah. give me any answers. But, I, but I mean, it is a computer. It's not some dude who's sitting there and just assigning yes. percentage points, which I think sometimes Kentucky fans, and you go, yeah. conspiracy theory, ESPN hates Kentucky. Well, this is this – is, maybe the, the formula is flawed, but they're just typing numbers into yeah, a formula what, and coming out with what's coming that's on. That's what I, uh, I tweeted out today. I said, are you guys really going to be mad at a computer again? Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that's what this boils down to. And maybe – I would venture to guess, like I was trying to figure out why Kentucky. Well, I guess we should we should just say Kentucky's only favored in five games according right. to the FBI. The uh, four non-conference games in Arkansas. Yeah, so that means that uh, according to that, that the Kentucky will lose against Vanderbilt. 
That was forty nine point four percent chance close. of winning. So it's very it's basically a toss up. But yeah, yeah. So um, it doesn't necessarily believe in Kentucky again. And you know this goes back to people kind of talking about the preseason projections. I understand it if um, returning production is factored in at all. Yeah, because Kentucky sure lost so much. Yeah. Um, but what what game do you think is the most kind of egregious in that? And that set is it the Vandy? But well, let's toss Vandy out since that's it's basically a coin flip. It, it does appear that I mean, just based on the numbers here, uh, the 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 ones they're favored in Toledo eighty two percent, Eastern Michigan ninety two point four percent. These are chances to win. UT Martin ninety eight point one, Louisville seventy six point eight, uh, Arkansas seventy four point six, which is a little high. So the, the, it to me, looking at these numbers, they obviously give a lot of weight to home field advantage. Yeah. Because their chances to win at Mississippi State and out South Carolina are twenty two point two percent and twenty five point five percent. Like I said a minute ago, that you got to give Kentucky more credit than twenty five percent chance to win against South Carolina when they've beaten them five years in a row. They've won what three games in a row in Columbia. Uh, they've proven they can win in that stadium. Uh, for a long time, the question was, when's Mark Stoops going to win a road game? That's behind them. They've won plenty of road games the last few years, so I wouldn't necessarily count Kentucky out at those games just because they're not at Kroger Field. So if I'm looking at one of them, uh, it's that South Carolina game. And, and it's not out of the question they lose that game. I'm, I, I shouldn't say that they're going to be overwhelming favorites. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they lost, but I, I give them way more than 25.5% yeah. chance of winning. Yeah, I think that that's the one that stood out to me the most. Just that number being so low just seems kind of silly considering the history of the programs and what both teams have coming back. And when you, you look at the rosters, I mean, Kentucky, in, I think, has more talent, which is kind of crazy yeah. to say when you're comparing against a team who's had recruiting success and, you know, success. I guess Muschamp was at the podium today, and he, he threw out the stat that he had the most wins of any South Carolina coach in the first three yeah. seasons. Which, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm sure his uh, his he's, media he's, relations. He's build the stadium next to Steve Furrier. <laughs> build the statue with him out there. <laughs> I'm sure his media relations department had that stat ready and gave right. it to him. But, uh, I mean, that just – that was the uh, that was the overarching point. I think South Carolina is a punching bag for UK fans, and I completely understand why, considering right. they beat them. But it's you should take um, some pride if you're rooting for Kentucky in that you had this winning streak over a team that is yeah. actually pretty good, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, we should. I mean, maybe we're glossing over it too much these days because. Mark has gotten this program to the point where bowl games are just kind of a given and expected. But you look at the history of Kentucky football, and there's probably only a handful of times that they've ever beaten any team in the league five games in a row. And I'd venture to say, I, mean, I think I looked this up last year, I can't imagine they'd ever done it against a team not named Vanderbilt before mm-hmm. this year, unless it was a way long time ago, like in the 50s when Bear Bryant was here. So that just doesn't happen very often. And it's not like South Carolina's been terrible. I mean, South Carolina's been going to bowl games too. So that's absolutely, especially given how many of those wins were on the road, it's absolutely something that they should take a lot of pride in. I know Mark Stoops isn't overlooking that program or doesn't think that South Carolina's bad just because Kentucky beats them. That, that, that shows the progress that he has made, maybe more than anything. You had to pass those other teams in the East. And I think at this point it's safe to say that Kentucky is ahead of South Carolina. They're ahead of Vanderbilt. They're ahead of Missouri. Maybe Missouri passes them this year, and they're kind of jockeying with Tennessee for that spot behind Georgia and Florida for that you know third team in the East right now. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, that's a pretty good summation of where they are, and that it is impressive that they were able to build it 
to that point, considering where yeah. Mark Stoops took the program over. Um, what <laughs> question, by the end of uh, UK's time at the podium, will Mark Stoops be rolling his eyes at because he's already been asked? I'm, I guess quick brief aside of how this will work like from mark stoops perspective right. and john you have a if you hear anything wrong that i say correct it because you've been to more than me but basically he'll start in the morning he'll talk to us local uh, the local people here um up in a suite that they have we'll talk to him and the players then they'll go downstairs and they'll do some variation of the quote-unquote big room the writer's room they'll do a tv room and then sprinkled in between all that they'll also be doing like radio like uh, i think sirius and C- okay. espn ESPN's and podcasts and yeah so they'll be live chats yeah and so they'll it'll be you know probably a dozen maybe even more right yeah. people that he'll be talking to what's the question whatever last room he's in when he gets asked he'll be kind of rolling his eyes at yeah i mean obviously the question he's going to get everywhere is you know replacing Vinny, replacing josh this idea of taking a step back, but he's got to know that, and he's yeah. been he's he's had that talking point ready basically since the end of the season. The whole idea that a year ago nobody thought these players were good that we lost, so why now do, does everybody get to you know take this shot against us because we lost these players that you weren't giving your respect a year ago? Why can't these guys that are replacing them also be good? So like he has that one teed up, and I think he's ready to use that whenever. Uh, the the questions that tend to bother Mark in these settings. Uh, are the ones that you would expect. Oh, how's your brothers? Or what'd you learn from your brothers? What, what's the basketball situation? Um, I think he's moved past those. I think Kentucky winning 10 games last year has established enough respect that it's not just the the novelty of the basketball school in the league or this guy whose brother was one of the best coaches in college football history. I think he's moved past that. The things that Mark really hates answering to me are big picture questions because he's very much focused on his team his program getting kentucky where he wants them to be Uh, so i could see transfer portal being a question that i assume most coaches are getting this week Uh, something like that he's going to get in a lot of rooms just somebody people trying to to get every coach's perspective on something and mark generally hates answering those so i could see him getting a little testy with that yeah i think he was I forget if which off-season presser he was at, but he was. I think I'm paraphrasing him, but basically the gist of his thing was he was sick of nar- talking about narratives. Yeah, <laughs> and he just hated like everyone, and because um, you know there was the, and I don't even know if narratives are necessarily the perfect line, but like storylines in the sense that got to beat Florida, okay, did it, got to do this, and like and now double-digit wins, this, that, and the other. I'm wondering if one will pop up, and I don't even know what it would necessarily be, but I could I could see him kind of blistering it. To your point, he I think he might, from the big picture standpoint, he might get asked a lot of to look back, yeah, and he won't want to do that yeah, in the least bit, yeah, yeah. and he'll just try to blow that off as much as possible. Yeah, I mean, there will be a lot of questions about like from people who don't cover Kentucky every day, like how crazy is it that Kentucky won 10 games? What are you going to do? And like Mark does not want to look back at last year and talk about, uh, because the kind of the underlying assumption of that question is like, you did this crazy thing in Kentucky and you're never going to do it again. Let's talk about how special that is. And I can absolutely see him bristling that. If uh, I just pulled it up though, his schedule, local media, 
SEC Network, Eminem, whatever that is, some show. ESPN. That's SEC, Marty and McGee. Marty and McGee. Then he goes ESPN. Then he goes SEC Network again. SEC Video, Electronic Media, Main Media Room, SEC Radio, Sirius XM, Network Set, CBS One, CBS Two, CBS Digital. So by the time he gets to CBS Digital and they ask him to look back at last season, he's going to throw a camera across the room. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to wrap talking about the guys that are going to be speaking and kind of guess what they're gonna, their talking points will be. Uh, that'll be right after this. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. We get to talk to Cash Daniel, Logan Stenberg, and Lynn Bowden. John, who do you think has the headline quote of those guys? This uh, is I mean, an easy question. The easy answer is Cash. I mean, I think the, the betting odds we got to say is whether or not he uses any language tomorrow that might not be suitable for the Locked On Podcast <laughs> Network, which he's already done once this summer in an yeah. interview. Um, I was not in Paintsville when he gave that that uh, that soundbite, even though we're both from Paintsville, basically. Um, I don't know what the setup was there, but my understanding is it was probably not quite as like managed as most of the media opportunities are, and yeah. certainly not as managed as this one is. Uh, I guarantee that Susan Lax or somebody else from the media relations department is going to be standing right next to Cash's table the entire time, giving him the eyes. So I think he's going to be on his best behavior. Don't think he's going to you know curse any, uh, but he's absolutely going to say something that's going to get people yeah. interested throughout the afternoon and people will be talking about it for the rest of the day. I hope he does like a wrestling move on. I bet he does do a wrestling move in one of those other breakout settings, like yeah. one of the Marty and McGee like fun time shows. They'll like ask him to do a bit, and then in three months from now, we'll have the video of him like doing a Stone Cold Stunner right. on a <laughs> Price and Price and Bass fishing moves yes. too. I bet that's yes. going to come up. Uh, that's in his bio. His bass fishing team days. So yeah, he's he. I mean, the easy question is cash. I mean. The probably more difficult question is whether Lynn Bowden or Logan Stenberg say anything yeah, of interest I mean, at all. Like, are they going to say something that, that gets people talking tomorrow? They're both very good players. They're probably the two best players on the team, uh, talent wise. Cool. So I, I just don't know how much interest it is. They're not great interviews. I think they're both nice guys. They both have a lot of personality. We don't always see that sometimes, yeah. you know, with the microphone and the camera in their face. I'm interested to see how those two guys. Yeah, because it is it. like a lot of people. Um, yeah. that will be around them. And you know, as you said, I think it's fair to say Bowden will put up the biggest stats of probably anybody on Kentucky's roster. I think that that's like the safe assumption. Yeah. Logan Stenberg is the best NFL prospect on this team, and I, it might not be particularly close. Yeah, I mean, I think the only other guy who's probably in the conversation is like Quentin Bohanna or yeah. you know, like a Landon Young if he's healthy, but yeah. those guys are probably a year away from well, being mean, there. Of I'm trying to remember the only guy Stoops mentioned that the NFL was asking tape tape on as a junior last year was Stenberg when right. they were still uh, going through evaluation processes. So he was up front that there was potential for him to be drafted last year. Yeah, I, uh, among their seniors, I think absolutely Logan mm-hmm. is far and away. I mean, he might be the only senior that gets drafted unless I'm forgetting somebody top of my head. The the interesting ones are going to be their juniors. It's like, does Lynn Bowden go pro? Mm-hmm. Does Quentin Bohanna go pro? Does Landon Young go pro? This year, I mean, those guys are all going to probably have decisions at the end of the year. But if we're talking definite NFL draft class next year, Logan's number one. Without yeah, him. yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. You know, t- talking about the talking points that Soups will have. You know, Bowden 
um, will have the same one. Um, and um, he'll, I'm sure he'll be asked the same thing about replacing the production of Benny yep. Snell and the, the uh, you know, well, how do you do that and what do you expect from those other guys? I think what's we were talking about this earlier. Bowden's go-to answer is you'll just have to see. Yeah. Like that he gave us that His favorite. He gave us that so much last year. Um, I am curious, maybe if he starts talking about teammates, he might open up a little bit more. But he, he, for a confident guy, he doesn't like to talk about himself much. Yeah, I think it's because he got burned those first couple, you know, games of his freshman year. There was the whole thing where after the Southern Miss game, where he tweeted about, you know, give me the ball more, play me, or something like that. I think was the direct quote. And then there was like a whole three week period where we were talking about whether this was an issue. And then he got ejected for targeting, and he was tweeting from the locker room in the second half of that game. Uh, so I think. That kind of made him a little gun shy, and now that confidence his just go to is to say, uh, "I'll let my play do the talking," or yeah. we'll have to see because he just doesn't want to get in trouble with anything he says. But he's a guy; he's he's going to be you know one of the faces of the team this year, and he's going to you know have to get more comfortable in these situations. I'm interested to see. Uh, obviously, they give them the option of whether or not to come. He could have absolutely said, "I don't want to come." Yeah. Uh, I think you know I think about guys who've been here before. Mike Edwards came as a junior, and Mike didn't like doing interviews he didn't come back as a senior but he did it once Zadarius Smith came one year and he hated doing interviews and so like it, it's not uncommon but when you're the best player on the team uh on my all SEC belt we were talking about earlier Lynn's the only Kentucky guy I put first team uh you got to show up and you got to promote yourself and you got to promote the program and it's it's a really interesting opportunity for him yeah, I mean, he cut his hair. That was kind of a storyline over the spring to be more businesslike and to have that thing. And now I guess this is his opportunity to, to show it to the next level. Yeah, I'm interested in the hair thing specifically because I think there are a whole lot of implications to that move. And, uh, you know, some of it is I'm not a ton comfortable with the implications of that. But he obviously has what he thinks is marketable and thought it was a move for him and and he's thinking about these things in these ways and so i'm interested to kind of if if i'm talking to lynn tomorrow it's going to be about his personality and how he wants to develop into this star and be this you know what he wants to be and that's i think that's all part of it yeah i think that'll be the most interesting part of his conversation so um john let everybody know where they can follow along with your coverage it's at John, J-O-N, Hale, H-A-L-E underscore C-J on Twitter and Courier-Journal.com. Follow along. Uh, he'll be having all kinds of info at SEC Media Day. You can follow along with me at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Please follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LockedOnUK. And then subscribe and then share the podcast with somebody else who would enjoy via text, social media, or just telling somebody about Locked On Kentucky. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll talk to you soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.